I was just thinking a little bit this morning about, you know, it's a new year and we always, you know, think about the new year and uh, probably, you know, it's okay to think about a new year. It is okay. But, you know, when you think about a new year, it's not really a whole new year. It's just a new day. You know, it's just a new day. You know, it's in 2017, but it's just a new day. Every day is a new day and every day is a new opportunity. And uh, I was thinking as I was thinking about a new year, you know, I just thought it'd be good for just take a little time to think about where we've come from, where we are, and where we're going. You know, when I when you think about where we came from, you know, as a church, as a as a church group, as New Hope Christian Church, you know, we started February twenty eighth, that's probably ten months ago, I would assume about about ten months ago. You know, um, been through quite a transition for some. Um, there's folks that are new here that didn't have any transition. Um, for some, it was a hard time. You know, the, the, the process of going through the change was hard. Others, it wasn't hard. You know, as I, as I look back personally, for me personally, um, I just am very thankful for the grace of God through it all. Um, people say, well, how, how do you feel? And, you know, and, and, you know, I, I was amazed at God's grace, you know, just I, that, you know, I, I don't know, you know, you shouldn't be, but you know, when you really experience it, when you really experience God's grace, it's like, wow, because you know, in myself, this probably wouldn't be that way, but you know, I have a grace and a peace that only he could give. And so I'm just so thankful for his grace, you know, um, I think about, you know, what is it that drew us together? You know, um, I believe that one of the things that really strongly drew us together is our relationships, our relationships with each other, common values, common beliefs, friendships, trust. Those are things that, that drew us together. And I believe because of those things, you, you tend to become a very close-knit group which is good, which is good. In John, the 13th chapter, the 35th verse, Jesus said, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So the world should know that we're his disciples if we have love one for another. So closeness, relationships are all strong points. And it's a plus. It, it's, what, it's what brings us together and, and what keeps us together. I believe that a lot of times in life, our pluses can also be a minus if we're not careful. Sometimes our strengths can be a weakness if we depend on them too much or carry them too far. And because of that, because of that plus, which I think is a big plus, I think where we are now, it, it should cause us to think about, okay, where are we now? Actually, I went back, and just for your information, I counted the people that call New Hope their church, according to my list. There could be people out there that counted their church that I don't know about, okay? But according to my list, there's 185 people. Now, we're a loving, close-knit community. We work together, worship together serve together we grow together 
And you know that's pretty comfortable. You think about it. That is, that is really a place you could say, wow, this is good. This is, this is pretty comfortable. Most churches in America are probably around half that big. I, I looked at some numbers, and, you know, just numbers are points of reference. And, and, you know, churches, it looks like to me an average church in America is about 75 people. So it's a good place for us. We could say, well, then that puts us way above the average. So we're pretty good. We're pretty good. You know, we all love each other. We have a great time. You know, it's just, it's just a good thing. We're going to continue to do the things we've been doing. You know, this year already we've done VBS, community dinners. We've worked at the sharing kitchen, supported ministries. Wednesday nights are going great. So at this point, it's pretty easy to be satisfied. Pretty easy to be satisfied. An interesting thing I read this week was that you would never guess where the fastest growing church in the world is right now. I don't think anybody could guess. You might say China. That used to be what I thought. It's not, they say, what I read said it's not China. The fastest growing church in the world is in a place that we would never want to be. It's called Iran. Iran. What in the world is God up to? What is he thinking? I, I read that and I thought, now really? Really? But then if you really get to thinking about it, it's kind of a Commentary on us. Why Iran and not America? They always say the church grows most under persecution. I really believe that's true. I would like to set that different and say, okay, if we really put our minds to it, we can, we can stop that, but it's really true. It's really true. So probably the thing that we have to fight the most is comfort and apathy. Comfort and apathy. That we don't, because it's, everything's going so good and we're so happy and we like each other and we're at a good place, we could say, well, you know, it's good. And it is good. Now I just want you to know by my nature, by my personal nature, I tend to be never satisfied. Okay? Now, I want you to know that because it's important. Because sometimes it sounds like I'm never happy. Like I'm always, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. That's my nature. Okay? I'm just telling you. So, I'm never satisfied. Now, I say that knowing that we're in a good place. We love each other. We're a good group. But I also want you to know that personally... I'm not satisfied with myself. I'm not personally satisfied. And I don't know that we ever should be. Because we have to think about what is it we're supposed to be doing? What is it? What, 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 what do we need to do? Is this the end? Is this, this the end? Well, you know, wow, we survived. We're here. We're happy. We're together. So that, well, hey, let's just sit here and 
let's just enjoy this, you know? Or where should we look to the future? What is it that we maybe need to think about or look to in the future? Where are we going? We have a, we have a command given to us by Jesus in Matthew, the, the 28th chapter, the 19th verse. We all, know, we all pretty much know this scripture, but in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus, he told his disciples, he says, go there and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That was a command. It was go. Go. He didn't say go until you're comfortable. Go until it's big enough that it's okay. It can just now, it can exist. But he said, go and make disciples. So I believe we have a command. And we have a command to go. One of the things, and just on a very practical note, now this gets very practical. But I just want to share this with you. Um, and I've watched, you know, and I, you know, I try to observe and I try to watch. Okay, what's, you know, I, you know, the chairs, the chairs, the tables. I watch, okay? You know, some people like tables, some people like chairs. I don't, I don't really care about that. I don't care. But here's what I notice. Here's what I notice. If I'm a new person and I've never been here before and I didn't come in with somebody, okay, I've never been here before, and I didn't walk in with somebody. Here's the big question as I walk in. Where do I sit? Where do I sit? Do I sit at chairs? Do I sit at the tables? If I get here towards the end of the time to start, towards right before time to start, and I look around, there's people at every table, which is good. Which one can I sit at? Can I sit at your table? Or is your table reserved for the people that always sit at my table? Do do I sitting at the table, do we say, oh, there's a new person. I should invite them to sit at my table. Because they're kind of like, where do I sit? Now, if you've been here forever, it's like, well, why would you even think that? Well, I'm telling you, that's a big deal for some people that walk in new. Some people, that's a big deal. Now, there are the exceptions. There are the outgoing, forgive me for this, but I compare them to a politician, but that's not fair. But, you know, the people that walk into the room and they think the whole room's for them, they, they think they could sit anywhere, and they, you know, I'm... I'll be comfortable wherever I go. It's no big deal. Most of the people aren't like that. Okay? Those are the exceptions. You don't have to worry about those people. You'll figure it out real quick. You know? But the person that walks in, you know, do I feel like I'm welcome? Or are these people just satisfied with themselves? Are they satisfied with their friends, with their people they see on Sunday? Hey, glad to see you. We're all talking. And the, the person that walks in says, well, what about me? Is anybody glad to see me? Does anybody care that I'm here? 
I think it's something, you know, and it, it probably goes in a lot of other areas, but as I thought about this, I just, I just thought about that little aspect of welcoming people. I was amazed on Christmas Day, and it was a little hard to figure out because we had so many guests and visitors. It was a little hard to figure out who was guests, who was visitors, who was family, friends. We had two folks walked in had never been here before, and nobody invited them. Two people. That's amazing. Now, in the midst of that, it was hard to pick them out because you couldn't tell if they were grandma and grandpa or somebody, but they were connected to nobody. And they, they just walked in. That day it would be hard to figure out, but I'm just saying that those people come. And so we have to have a vision beyond ourselves and beyond being content. One of the things I would like to do, and we are doing, we're in the midst of doing, I would like to start some more small groups. We're in the process. We're in the process. Um, We've got a ladies group coming up towards the end of January. The ladies are all invited. They're going to meet at Renee Gross's home in Wayne, and uh, they're going to have a time of fellowship, and I'm not sure what all. They're going to meet. And then she says, maybe we can meet on a regular basis. That's a good thing. We're in the process of starting another youth group. We're in the process of uh, Diana and Jeremy Krupp have agreed to start another group. What I noticed, here's this, and they did it because of me. I asked them, don't, don't blame them for this. You can come right to me, okay? But what I noticed was how great it was at Jonathan and Geraldine's home. Yeah, I watched. I was like, wow. You know, I don't know. I didn't think you could go to a, we always say go to the barn. It's way beyond the barn. But, you know, we go to the barn, and then we go to the basement, we go to the garage, and we have Wednesday night. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, that's kind of different. What amazed me was the neighbors will come. People that don't, people that don't go to our church come. I think it's wonderful. And I'm sitting watching this and thinking, wow. Wouldn't it be wonderful to try to duplicate some of that and maybe go to another area and reach another group of people? Now, it won't necessarily look, I don't think it's at all going to look like that because I don't know that you can actually duplicate that, but you can, you can start reaching another group. And so I asked them, would they be willing to reach a group over this way? And not that the two groups are in any kind of conflict or competition. I told them you can't invite anybody from the other group. You don't be able stealing people. You know. (laughs) But, you know, I said, you know, let's see if we can reach some new kids. Let's see if we can reach some new kids. Because, you know, the command is go and make disciples. Go and reach, you know. And, you know, the reality, folks, a lot of people out there aren't going to come here on Sunday morning and just walk through. They aren't go. They don't wake up on Sunday morning thinking, "Oh, we ought to go over to that New Hope." Now, last week a couple did, so I'm not saying it can't happen. But by and large, that doesn't happen unless somebody invites them or somebody makes an effort to reach out to them. And so, I really would like to see if we can't start some more groups and reach out and be able to reach into our community. And my desire, obviously, I hope it's obvious, but would be to reach people who don't go to church, who don't know the Lord, people who we could bring to him. Because that needs to be our vision more than 
Let's just get together and enjoy each other. Now, I think it's important we get together and enjoy each other. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be really sad if next week you aren't here. <laughs> you know, I really, because, you know, I'm just telling you as a pastor, that really bugs me when people are missing. And I understand people could be missing for all kinds of reasons, but I just want you to know when people aren't here, it's like part of the family's not here. It's like having Thanksgiving dinner and your kids don't show up. That's how I relate to it, okay? But, but... Beyond that, I believe we have a call and we have a command to reach those around us. I want to I share a, a poem with you. I, this came at the last minute, so forgive me. I'm probably not the person that should read this. Um, I'm not very poetic. I hope I get the point across. Um, this is from a book. It's called Deliberate Simplicity. It's by a gentleman I, I've met by the name of Dave Browning. He lives out in the state of, he's a pastor in the state of Oregon. And he says, how to do the church, how the church does more by doing less. Let's just talk about simplicity of the gospel. And I think it's important. I think it's important to keep it simple. It's not that difficult. And I just want to read this poem he's put in here about about people on the outside. It says, I stay near the door. I neither go too far in nor stand too far out. The door is the most important door in the world. It's the door through which people walk when they find God. There's no use my going way inside and staying there when so many are still outside and they are much as I. Crave to know where the door is. And all that so many ever find is only the wall where a door ought to be. They creep along the wall like blind people with outstretched groping hands, feeling for a door, knowing there must be a door, yet they never find it. So I stay near the door. The most tremendous thing in the world is for people to find that door, the door to God. The most important thing anyone can do is to take hold of one of those blind groping hands and to put it on the latch the latch that only clicks and opens to a person's own touch people die outside the door as starving beggars die on cold nights in cruel cities in the dead of winter they die for what of for want of what is within their grasp they live on the other side of it live because they found it nothing else compared to helping them find it and open it and walk in and find him. So I stay near the door. You know, what that's saying is we need to stay close to the people outside. We, wanna, we, don't, wanna, we don't wanna get so far into the church that we're just away from that door where people are looking and searching. We wanna, we wanna be where people are looking for the Lord. And we want to stay close to that point. We want to be there to be able to share with them when we come across somebody that's looking, searching. Because the danger is, sometimes we get so far into the church that we don't see people at the door. We get so far into ourselves. We get so comfortable. We get so satisfied. Things are okay. We're happy. I don't want to mess with you too much, but a little bit. It's not all about your happiness. 
You know, I you know at at some points in time, I'd like to think that God was considered about was would consider my happiness and what makes me feel good. But you know, I've kind of given that up. That you know what, it's not about what I want. It's bigger than that. It's about Him and what He wants. And He wants us always to be in a place where we're able to reach people who are right there looking and searching for Him. And so we want to keep doing that. And, and I believe through personal witness, where you're at at work, that's probably the greatest. One of the greatest witness tools is, is relational witnessing, where you know somebody, connect with somebody, relate to somebody, a neighbor, somebody at work. You talk to them. You build a relationship, and you get to share with them. That's probably, that's probably the best. Then as a church, I believe we can do deliberate things. Deliberate things on purpose, to reach those that are out there looking, searching. But I think we have to be purposeful about it. It doesn't just happen. It becomes part of who we are. It has to become part of our vision, part of why we're here. Why are we here? Why do we exist? What does God want to do? I'm going to probably keep sharing this uh, throughout the year. I feel like for me, maybe it's personal. You know, some things are personal, I can't tell. Some things are as a church. But for me personally, it probably took us a while to land and kind of get, okay, let's get get settled. But then when we got settled, I got unsettled. You know, after, after you kind of land and you go, okay, I think, I, think we're, I think we're stable. And then I got unsettled. Things started to stir inside of me. And I think that's a good thing. You know, God has to stir once in a while. He needs to stir. Oh, we hate the stir. I had a pastor share one time about, he shared a, did a message that I heard at, a, at our conference one time on rogue waves. Rogue waves, I don't know a lot about them, but I, from what he shared, he said, you know, you're out in the ocean, and there's a thing that comes there once in a while, it's called a rogue wave. Out of nowhere. You know, and they can be huge waves, and they can just take you under. Out of nowhere. A rogue wave. And he says that's how God operates once in a while. Once in a while he'll send rogue waves just to get you stirred, get you turned upside down so you've got to trust him, look to him. I tend to not like rogue waves, but I tend to realize that sometimes God does that to get us where he wants us to be, and so it's okay. It's okay. Got to kind of sort it out sometimes, but it's okay. So, you know, I feel like, okay, we're at a place, but I guess I feel like I don't want us to get so comfortable that we forget why we're here. Or we forget how we got here. Not just here, but how we came to the Lord, how we knew him. And that we have that desire to share that with those around us. That's my, that's my, you know, a drive inside of me probably. So like I say, if I ever sound like, well, does he ever get off of that? Probably not. I'm just letting you know ahead of time. Probably not. I'm not mad. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying you're not doing anything. You know, some people say, well, man, I'm trying to share with everybody. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Keep it up. I'm just saying as a whole that we need to have that vision before us and make decisions accordingly. And a lot of times, you know, in a church, we need to make decisions based on those people that are out there still searching. You know, how do, they, how do they perceive when they come in? You know, we can take the attitude, well, I don't care, I'm happy, so I don't care what they do. 
No, we need to think about it. We need to think about it. How do, the, how do they feel when they walk in? What can I do to receive them? And share that love that we experience with one another with those people that come through the door. You know, the Bible says, well, look how much they love one another. Wow, isn't that something? Well, that's great if you can participate. And we just need to be willing to participate with those that come. Let's all stand. Father, I pray you would help us never to forget your words to say go. Lord, we don't get complacent. We don't get satisfied. We don't get comfortable. Lord, there's always a stir inside of us for those that are lost. Lord, we don't, we don't need them just to have a big church, but Lord, they need to be part of your kingdom. It's not about, it's not about church. It's about your kingdom. It's about those people that don't know you. So Lord, I just pray you'd give that passion to us. Lord, help us to have that desire to share wherever we have opportunity. And as a church, you would just help us to take opportunity and to purposefully make decisions based upon the lost and reaching those around us. Lord, we thank you for the privilege we have to serve you. Lord, I just pray your blessing on each and every one that's here. Lord, I just pray that this would be a fruitful year, a fruitful year in their lives and a fruitful year in your kingdom. Lord, we just thank you for that. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.